As we continue in worship, our scripture today in this Good Reign series on the teaching and life of Christ and the kingship of Christ, our scripture comes from two places. First from Matthew 5, uh, verse 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Would you bow your heads and pray with me now? Jesus, thank you so much for this moment in time to open up your scriptures. We pray, God, that you would open us up as well. Wherever we're listening to this message, wherever we're listening with, God, help put us in the story, that you would challenge us uh, from the inside out and continue to reveal how your kingship uh, changes the way we live. God, we, we, just, we declare your truth this morning. Uh, anchor us there. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. I have a message for you entitled Bright Light Shine. Bright Light Shine. And, and the big idea is this, that in God's good reign, that as God becomes the king of our hearts, uh, it changes the flow of our lives. That we are meant to be anchored in this identity of who Christ says we are and that he's given us his light and that will naturally start to shine out of us and we'll become different people measure by measure by measure. In Christ, bright lights shine. Uh, when I became a Christian, um, I was really, like, I was like one of those guys that like wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and then bam, like when I came to faith, the spirit fell on me and I knew that God wanted to do something totally different uh, from the outside. Like I, I knew that like on the outside, Outside, I want to be totally different. And the, the change was, of course, inside. But immediately, this verse from Philippians 2, I started to just devour the scriptures, read the Bible, and it like came to life for me. And, and this piece from Philippians 2 really rocked my world. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, I felt like, oh, I'm united with Christ. The, the light has shined on me. I feel like a different person. Okay, I'm united. What do we do? If any comfort from his love, I'm feeling his love. If any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness, compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, or spirit and purpose, as some translations teach it. And it wrecked me, because I was a guy that spent a lot of my high school years trying to fit in, and I was a different person in different situations. I was a different people with the ASB crowd, then the football crowd, then, then my buddies on Friday night, then my family, then the church crowd. Like, I felt like no matter where I went, I was always kind of playing a role. But now in Christ, God wanted to do something new in me that I would be one in spirit and of purpose. It was a challenge. Like I knew I was different from the inside out, but how might Christ change my outside life to reveal that light to the world? Like that's what this message is really called to challenge us for. That the call to practice our faith is going to really, really, really change us from the outside in. Like our behavior, our ethics is a Christian word. Like the things that we do will slowly become different. But the challenge is like we are a light, Jesus has made it so. And, and the much as the light is either on or off, Jesus is like, in my new kingdom, I am the king of your heart. You can't, you can't earn that. You can't step into that. You can't 
ethically become more and more of that. Like, it's just who you are now. Uh, But because of that new identity, I want your life to look different. And so this is like this conundrum that I want to present to you uh, this morning, that in Christ, the full measure of light is poured out upon us. We can't divide light. Like this is a gift, there's a, there's a security, and there's a certainty, and this is a, a rock core identity. Like in Christ, we are light. And also true, in Christ, we're called to illuminate the darkened world with our actions. In Christ, bright light shine. Both things are true. So let's start the first point here. In Christ, the full measure of light is poured out upon us as believers. If you're in faith this morning, then we just anchor you in John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to them. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It is a gift full for anyone that wants to enter into relationship with Jesus. Jesus does not dispense it little by little as we step into it. He doesn't, you know, if, if we really give at church, we really volunteer, I really read my scripture, and Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to give you a little more light this week. No, no, it's a, it's a gift. He's given it. And Jesus is like, and this is who you've become. Matthew 5, he's talking to his disciples. They sit down with him, and he's looking around, and like, it is the look of love, friends. He just looks at him. he's like, You're the light of the world. It's you. Like, yeah, I am the light, but like, because you follow me, it's now your gift. Like, receive it. I just imagine Jesus almost laughing as he declares it. Like, hear those words spoken over you, those joyful words, those freeing words. He's like, hey, if you're in me, you are also light. And much as a city on a hill can't be hidden, like, don't hide it away. It's a gift. He, he goes on, they, you know, like in, in every one of your homes, you, you know this, Jesus says. Like, what do you do at night? You, you take a candle, you take a lamp, you light it, you put it there, it lights up the whole house. As such in my kingdom, this is the free gift I want to give you, says Jesus. He just, he's declaring this, that he will shine on us. And as he does, our lives become light. It's a gift. And if you're like, okay, tell me more. How do I step into this? Then, I mean, the the two really practical ways that this becomes true in our lives is first just seeking the light of the Lord, seeking Jesus and devouring his word. Jesus says in John 9, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So thus, when we seek Christ, we're seeking his light. We can do that in prayer and in petition. We can do that um, in worship. We can do that in public gatherings and private gatherings. Lots of different roads up that mountain that Jesus is like, come to me. And I, I, I want to give you the very, the very presence of, of my life. It'll live in you. So seek Jesus and then devour the word of God. Like we are called to be Bible people. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So in darkened times to live under the kingship of Christ, we need to be people of the word. We need to be devouring the word that becomes a lamp, that becomes a light, that helps us learn more and more and more about who Jesus says we are. Because when we're in the light, then there's two like downstream repercussions. We have confidence and we have community. When we're in the light, we have this confidence. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord's the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? This is a promise. There's this chorus of a worship song I've been listening to all week long. You know, God's not worried, so why am I worried? 
when we feel overwhelmed by darkness, we just, we want that confidence. The Lord is my light. He's made me light. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I can step into the day. And, and then community, John 1. Uh, if we walk, I'm sorry, First John 1, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus' his son cleanses us from all sin. So, I mean, this is just the reality, like all through the scriptures, this, this metaphor, this teaching that God's love is a light, is a lamp, and Jesus has kind of given us that light. So if we're in faith, we have the full measure of his light. You can't, you can't take it away. There's a strength, there's a community, there's a fellowship. It's good. And in darkened times, we need to be reminded it is the light of Christ that gives our fellowship purpose and meaning. When Heather and I lived in LA, we had this little teeny tiny house, 790 square feet, and we were able to buy it because it was the cheapest house in the zip code. It had been a rental for 15 years. I mean, piece of junk. This is before HGTV. We deserved our own TV show because, man, we transformed this little spot. And as we, you know, did the kitchen, the bathroom, and, and you know, just all of it, sweat equity, and rewired it, replumbed it, different story for a different day. But, like, near the end of our time in Los Angeles, we, we opened up the kitchen. We put in French doors, like, more light, you know, and it kind of faced into the valley that we were living in here in the city of, of LA, the city of angels. And there was this deck we built out there. And it was our final spring before we felt called to move back to the northwest and these new doors out on this new deck and we're having people over and I'm like you know what we need tiki torches more light like not just little flames I want big flames I'd always dreamed about the tiki torch so we're on the back porch you know and, and like I I went to the hardware store got like 10, it was probably a fire hazard, like 10 tiki torches. And Heather's like, that is awful. I'm like, no, it's wonderful. And we filled the back porch with friends and I couldn't wait to light that up. And when I think on that, on those evenings on that back porch with a fellowship table and torches all around us, and it's just light, warmth, love, goodness. In Christ, that's the story that we've been invited into. So if you're darkened this morning, if you're like, man, I don't even know if I fit around that table. I don't know. Like, seek the light. Seek Jesus. Pour into his word. And and live with that confidence and community that Jesus has given you his light. Like, and you might forget because guess what? I forget often. So just go back and say, Jesus, remind me. Remind me. Remind me. Your light has given me light. And then the second thing is true, that in Christ we're called to illuminate the darkened world with our actions. This is actually kind of an ethics sermon, that as Jesus is our high king, we as his followers, like our lives are meant to look different. And oftentimes in the modern church, we're, we're identified on different political sides or different issues, but in, in Jesus' good reign, we're called to be his followers. And so in Christ, we're called to illuminate the darkened world with our actions. Both things are true. We have the full measure of Christ's light, and we're called as Christ's followers to, to, to do the works of the light, to, to step in, to, to, to let God's light unfold through us. This is much of Ephesians 4 and 5. You can read it this week, where Ephesians lays out the calling to be lights, where Paul's like, hey, be a light. Be, be, like, step in. Ephesians 4, 1. Live a life worthy of the calling you've received, Paul says. Like, it's a gift, but live into it. You're, you're worthy of it, but, but live into it. 
And then he continues in chapter four, that however is not the way of life you learn when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. Ephesians 4, 20 through 24. Read all of Ephesians 4. There's this promise. We have been given light, but we must become more and more of the new self because there is that peace in us, our sin nature, which is constantly trying to keep us in the old story, in the darkened story. Did you really have light? Because, you know, you don't seem like a very light guy right now. You know, like there's that, it's like, get off me. You know, like we need to put on that new self. And Paul continues in Ephesians 4. He's like, here's some ideas. Speak truth, verse 25, 26, in anger don't sin. In verse 27, don't give the devil a foothold. 28, don't steal. 29, don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Verse 30, don't grieve the spirit. Verse 31, get rid of bitterness and fighting. 32, be kind and compassionate and forgive. He gives us these, these rules, these ideas and how to stay in the light. So we've been given the full measure of light and and we're commanded that we in Christ should shine, but we can forget. And so Paul just wants to remind us here that how we love changes how we live and how we live declares what we love. So both things are true. We've been given the full measure of light and we're called to become more and more and more light in our obedience as we follow the high king of heaven, that as our lives start to look different than the world around us. We become what we aim at repeatedly, and so repeatedly we're called to aim at Christ. And when we fail, God's grace reminds us we've not failed at all. We're on a trajectory of holiness. And so the discipleship journey is meant to be, pick your metaphor, a story to write, a journey to take, a game to play, an adventure to partake in, to move, to step in. I mean, all the metaphors, like Scott, I think you use them all. Often you mix metaphors. That's fine. We're, we're friends here, right? Like we're called to, to get going. Like we're light. And because we often forget and because the world is often outside of God's glory, we're called to practice light. And when we do, we enter not into an arena where we win or lose, but we enter into the process that God has for us called discipleship. That we are his people, he is our shepherd, and that he is honored as our lives display his light. Proverbs 21.3, to do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. That's unbelievable. That as we practice living this light life that God is honored with our kingdom ethics. But this is where we get really tripped up. Because behavior can't come before belief. And belief is often shaped by behavior. We often say in Christian circles that we want you to belong before you even believe because as you're part of our volunteering on Aurora or in a house church or you know, part of a volunteer group that you'll see a Christian light in, in action. You'll be like, I wanna be part of this thing. So it's a tricky dance that we walk as Christians because both things are true. The full measure of light has been given us and we're called to practice a life living with Jesus light changing uh, our darkened actions. 
I mean, this isn't just like, hey, I'd like you to work on it at home and then like report back to me. And this is our shared journey as humans. Like we forget and God says, I want, to re- I want to redeem your life with my light. I want you to participate. I want you to, I want you to jump in. And when you forget, remember, you have the light of life within you and you are light yourself. And I want you to continue to practice. This is what one uh, theologian says, that when the kingdom is manifested, it's rather obvious. It doesn't look like a church building. It doesn't necessarily look like a group of religious people professing certain things, including the profession that they are Christian. It doesn't necessarily look like a gathering of people advocating the right political or ethical causes. It doesn't look like a group who are, who at the least believe themselves to be morally superior to others, telling them how they should live. It doesn't look like a group using swords, how righteous they believe their sword wielding to be, Listen here, it rather looks like people individually and collectively mimicking God. It looks like Calvary. It looks Christian, whether it identifies itself or not, when people are coming under others to love and serve them without regard to how much or how little those others deserve it and without regard for their own interests and reputations. That's the kingdom of God, says Greg Boyd. So in close, church, Let your light shine. Ask God to align your inner and outer beings. Hunger, as we said last week, for those mustard seed moments of small transformation. Get into the word. Connect with God in prayer. Jump into a house church. Serve with community breakfast. Like wherever. Like let light be your pursuit. And may you be reminded that Christ has given you the full measure of his light. Or as Ephesians 5.14 says, for you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. I'm going to call the band back up. And as we um, just kind of close out here, I just want to remind us as God's people that your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. That we are commanded as his people to be one in spirit and purpose. That we are, um, we are called to be connected to Christ. And that giftedness of the light that he's given, we're meant to be displaying that into the darkened world each and every day. Be light. And as we close in song, I just want to be very real to you as your pastor. It's been a, it's been a bit of a dark week for us. It's been a bit, a bit of a dark week. We said at the drive-thru, a lot of you weren't there. Maybe you hadn't heard. We had last Wednesday Molotov cocktails thrown in our office building. Someone was trying to blow up our office. We don't really know the motives, either intimidating for the church or for our new uh, coffee renters, Black Coffee Northwest, that opened yesterday. Just an act of hate. So in the name of Jesus, we condemn that kind of hatred. We've seen darkness up close. We've also seen light. We've also seen people, volunteers, like running around a parking lot to celebrate 10 years of a church. We've seen people give coats and food so they can be given out on Aurora. We've seen people from the church saying on just Thursday, we're going to go to the junction and pray for our new neighbors and, and pray against racism in our city. We've seen it. So that the darkness is trying to press in, the light is stronger. The light is stronger. The light is stronger. So if the world feels dark to you, connect with your Savior. Live into that light. 
and step into the story that he wants to continue to write, inviting you to that light-filled living. Because bright lights shine, church. And this is our story. Would you pray with me now? Jesus, thank you for your people. Thank you for this worship time. God, continue to remind us of the lightness that's your gift. Continue to move us from places of darkness into light. We know there's people hearing this message right now, God, that are experiencing a lot of shame or maybe distance from you. They're not sure this message is for them. God, would you remind them? Would you speak to them right now through their monitors, through their TVs, that your light is for them and you're calling them light? Help us as a people, God, continue to move into this story you're writing in us. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.